This is the Reading Instruction Show. I'm your host, as always, Dr. Andy Johnson. This is a two-part podcast looking at failings. We are failing our struggling readers. That's the name of this two-part series. In part one, we are going to look at Eric. Now, this podcast is based on research conducted for my latest book, Designing Meaning-Based Interventions for Reading. It examines inadequate reading instruction in the context of a broken special education system. Now, as teachers, we tend to remember our failures. One of mine occurred in 1983, my first year of teaching. I was teaching second grade at Greenwood Elementary School, and Eric was one of my students, and I failed him miserably. I still remember him. He was a happy little guy in the fall, but as the year went along, he became less happy. He began to slump in his desk. He seemed to draw into himself. 36 years later, he still lingers in my mind. Eric struggled with his reading, and I failed to help him. In retrospect, I suspect that Eric had dyslexia or severe reading difficulties. His test scores were below the 10th percentile. And even though he worked hard with his mother on the weekly spelling list, he would routinely get only two or three correct out of the 12 assigned words on the weekly spelling test. And he could barely write. Now, at the beginning of the year, we split our students, the second grade students, there were three classrooms, into high, middle, and low-level reading groups, as was the custom. This sorting was based on past standardized test scores and a quick reading test given the first week of school. The high readers would go into one classroom, the middle in another, and the low in another yet. And each group would get the same basic reading curriculum and instruction, just a little faster and further ahead for some, and a little bit slower and further behind for others. That was our idea of a differentiated curriculum back in 1983. In 1983, I thought that being a good reading teacher meant following the teacher's manual exactly, with fidelity, and recording all student scores on reading workbook assignments. So that's what I did. Back then, students were only allowed to read good books after they got their, quote, work, unquote, done. It never occurred to me back then that reading good books and talking about them should be the main work of a reading class. Eric was sent out of the room every day for Title I reading remediation using DISTAR. DISTAR consisted of a lot of phonics skill and drill work given to students by a teacher's aide. That's what we called paraprofessionals back in the day. This was supposed to help students catch up, but it didn't. Despite all the distar slowing down of things, Eric never caught up. Imagine that, slowing the pace of his curriculum and pulling him out of class for separate low-level skill and drill work did nothing to enhance the speed of Eric's literacy acquisition. All Eric really learned was that he couldn't learn that he couldn't read, and that he was a failure. Of course, Eric was not the failure I was, and the system was. At the end of second grade, I had a conference with his mother. 
I describe this once happy little boy in terms of numbers on a standardized achievement test. End of unit scores and worksheet scores and weekly spelling scores were presented to her. I quantified her once happy little boy. This is your precious child, I said. This is average, and this is how far he is away from average. I used numbers to demonstrate not only his failings, but the degree of his failings. The numbers, of course, didn't diagnose his reading problem. They didn't address the emotional impact of his struggles, and they didn't provide any ideas for the kinds of things that could be done to actually help Eric become a better reader. They were just a bunch of numbers put down on a sheet of paper used to show his mother that her child was a broken toy. And then, I'm ashamed to say it, I recommended that he repeat second grade. I wanted to run him through the system again. That will fix him, I thought. That's all I knew back then. I would later learn that holding students back doesn't work. You get a small blip in scores the first year, then everything returns to as it was, and the student is left to carry the emotional stigma of failure. Eric's family moved away for job-related reasons after that year, so I don't know how the story ended. But thoughts of Eric linger. He'd be in his mid-40s now. I wonder what happened. Did he learn to read? Did he learn to be okay with himself? Did he graduate from high school, get a job, get married and have children? Did any of his children struggle with reading? Does he remember me like I remember him? I failed Eric miserably because I didn't have the necessary knowledge and skills. I wish I had a do-over, but I don't. I wish as well that his story was not a relic of a time long ago, but it's not. Students like Eric are still being beaten over the head with bad reading instruction every day. So I've devoted much of my professional life to, hap to helping generations of Eric's.